scream, yes, ha, 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 yes. Monday night match, Thornton was back. Yuki Moto yelling out, Joey, it's a trap. Dropping every time, sends money line. Don't leave me hanging with the unanswered five. God damn, look at daddy, he dazzled with the deflection. Freddy looking over his shoulder like he needs witness protection. Matthew's waiting while the tissues safe to his new daddy issues. Forget the fashion, both eyes like the hippie getting issues. All blast and bust, call him laser discs. Episode of the Suns Hour podcast. It's Shane, and today's episode we don't have Derek due to work uh, work conflict schedules, unfortunately. But we are joined with Neil from the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and I hope you all enjoyed that uh, little intro. We shout out to uh, to James for letting us use it. It's a fantastic song to talk about what's going on with the Suns. Neil seemed to like it in the back room. I did. <laughs> I did. I thought it was uh, it was it was really catchy. No lie. No lie. Hey man, send sickos all the way. That's kind of we had the pesky sends, we had the hamburger run. Now we're the send sickos. It is fantastic. That is we awesome. will be having games on in an episode in the future, so you will want to stay up with that. But you know, we'll get right into it. <clears throat> Devils, Ottawa, both struggling right now. Ottawa coming off of a six-three loss to Calgary, and Devils played this afternoon. And lost three two to the uh, to the Washington Capitals. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a lot of bottom feeding right now, which I think everyone expected. Let's be honest; I don't think anyone expected either team to be high in the standings. Right. But we were talking before the break, and it sounds like you're more frustrated about the Devils than yeah. Senators have. Um, with the sense right now and it's kind of funny to see honestly <laughs> yeah well i mean this is the thing and i have uh ruffled some feathers with a lot of other devils fans because i've said this but I'll, I'll be as bluntly honest as i can be this is the same shit that i've seen for the past like five or six years like a lot of shit has not changed we are not as aggressive as we can be with the talent that we actually have and our defense has been lackluster particularly as i've mentioned before pk Subban. This guy has been absolutely terrible 
on the defensive side. He really has been. And it's amazing how far his talent has dropped off. And he has consistently been a liability. But the thing that upsets me the most is the fact that there are too many times where we come out and we're flat. We're not doing what we need to do. And we're giving up way too much space for these other teams to do whatever they want. And no wonder our penalty kill is by far the worst in the National Hockey League. We just allow everybody to do whatever they want. Take as many shots, make as many passes. And the saddest thing, Shane, is this. Our team is the worst when it comes to understanding the fundamentals of hockey. We don't pass the puck well. We don't shoot the puck well. We don't do a whole lot well. And now you're seeing Blackwood not having some good games because he's tired. And he's getting way too many shots. And he's playing too many games in a row. And this is what I was worried about. And I don't get why we don't play Aaron Dell. This would have been a perfect time today to play Aaron Dell on a back-to-back. But... For some reason, we chose not to, and we played like crap. Oh, and by the way, just because everybody wants to laugh, the Devils had not one, two, three, but only four shots in the third period. You are down by one, needing a, needing a goal to at least give yourself a chance to get a point at home, and you have four shots the entire Period. You can't be that incompetent. That, to me, is very, very frustrating. And look, shout out to Pavel Zaka. At least he's got his 10-game point streak going. Like, he's been kicking He's been kicking ass. But other guys like Gusev, Paul Mary, P.K. Subban, other guys like that, they haven't done anything. They, they, be, they, like, they get into positions where they're just irrelevant for like 10, 15 minutes. And it's frustrating because when John Hines' bald head was the head coach of this team, all he did was constantly make this team play back on defense, very, very little aggression, and we're seeing that again. And that's where I'm like, I'm starting to believe that it's not coaching anymore. It's that these players just don't really understand like how the game is played nowadays. Like It seems like we're, we're several years behind every other team in the National Hockey League. Hell, even watching some games that Ottawa has played, at least they look like on the power play and penalty kill, like a half-decent hockey team. They take shots. They do some stuff. Like, the Devils don't do that. And it's frustrating. And this is where it's gotten really irritating. And now we play against the Islanders on Tuesday, and we play back-to-back games against that freaking team across the river. And they better turn it around, because if they don't, we're going to end up being a dead last for basically the rest of the season. And the last thing I want to see this team do is be worse than the Buffalo Sabres because the Sabres have been atrocious. Oh, man. Atrocious this season. So here's the thing. This is what I'm going to say. Ottawa was expected. Ottawa and Detroit were expected to be bad. New Jersey, middle of the pack. You know, you could have given them that, like, you know, they have they have um, Blackwood and they have Heischer and, and Hughes and whatnot. They, they could. Well, we had Heischer. We you can make an argument that they hit. they could have made noise in their division. Buffalo was the team everyone, even myself included, thought that, hey, you have the pieces. You have Hall. You have Stahl. You know, goaltending is a little bit shaky, but, like, it, it's toss-up. You have the right. defensive pieces. You could make some noise in that division. And they've just shot the bed completely. At least Ottawa and Detroit. Like, it's Ottawa Buffalo. And De- but Ottawa and Detroit fans can literally does. sit. But we could sit back and be like, hey, we were expecting a bad year. 
I feel bad for Buffalo fans because, like, you literally look at that team and you're like, you have Eichel, Reinhardt, Dahlin, Ristolainen, Hall. You, these guys are playmakers, and you yeah. hate seeing them. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I feel well, really like, bad for Sabres And fans. also, you know, they have situations now where, like, Eichel's been hurt the last couple of games. Oh, and they gave, what, $8 million to a guy who's been a healthy scratch the last three games, last four games in Jeff Skinner? I, I hate Kruger. I hate Kruger. I, I do not like him. <laughs> I think – Getting re- where did he come from? That's what I want to know. I don't even remember him getting hired. He was the coach for Edmonton for a couple of years. Got fired because he was shit. Because he was right. But he had a good world. He had a world. He had a good World Cup because he was the head coach of Team Europe, and okay. they did relatively well. So everyone's like, "Oh my god, maybe he can be an NHL, an actual NHL coach." So nope. uh, they fired. So I think he was their third coach under Eichel or second coach under Eichel. Mm-hmm. Um, Personally, in my opinion, they should have never fired Nolan, and maybe I'm just biased, and I think he's actually a lot better than people give him credit for. And he yeah. should be in the NHL, and if you watch that documentary, you can kind of see like there's reasons why. But either way, I don't know, man. I think Buffalo is getting exactly what they deserve with the way they've organized, like the way they've created this team. They <laughs> deserve every single thing they're getting. I mean, at least they brought back the royal blue uniforms. I can't. I mean, and they're really nice. I, Yo, I that that entire is, set is god beautiful. But the, the, it the sucks because it's it's for a team that has been so bad this season. But like, like, like is it same thing with Ottawa? Like Ottawa's had a bad year, but at least their uniforms are on. But is it, okay, so can we just say that like <laughs> Ottawa, Buffalo, and Calgary went from like bottom of the barrel jersey. Like their entire jersey line was bottom of the barrel to probably top ten in the league right now. Easily, Calgary's top five in my opinion. Calgary's yeah, adding in Vlasti was fantastic, and like Ottawa's like. And this is the thing: I wish New Jersey, if New Jersey went back to the red, green, and white, and kept their their reverse retro. They'd also be a top five team, so, like Jersey wise. The issue is, and I'll, and I'll explain it from my perspective, is that we have a lot of new younger fans who, like, they don't care about the heritage stuff because, quite frankly, number one, since we brought the heritage jerseys back, we actually haven't won a game in them. So already people are like, we don't like everybody's nervous because the Devils are going to be debuting their re- reverse retro on Tuesday against. The Islanders and everybody's nervous that we're not going to like, we're going to suck in them. Like we're just, we're going to look like, you know, nobody's going to like them and think like, to be honest with you, I think this is fantastic. And Shane, you and I have agreed on this a handful of times that the Devils should bring back the red, green and white uniforms, because guess what? That's Jersey. And also New Jersey is one of the biggest States when it comes to Italian Americans, it makes literally a hundred percent sense. One, like no question about it. But everybody likes the red and black because it looks cool, looks badass. I get it. We also won three cups wearing them. I get it. But you know what? You might as well shake it up a little bit because you you are in a new era. And so far, this whole era with Adidas hasn't really worked out from the standpoint of team success. And you might as well change it up because even though obviously Calgary, Ottawa, and Buffalo they haven't really had the seasons that they would like, at least they have – something that they can latch on to, which is like we brought back some classic uniforms with a little bit of a new twist and everybody loves them. And that's really what you're seeing here. So I would like to see that. I think we're going to end up getting a black jersey within the next year or two. And I'm very worried about it because I'm worried it's going to end up not being what everybody wants it to be. But 
We'll I'm tired see. of the black jerseys. I'm so tired of teams bringing out black jersey after black jersey. I love the it's, I love the Jets jersey that you have behind you. I think that's one of my I, that's one of the I want them to go to this jersey, this one, and their I'm, their 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 dark blue one full right. time. That full is time. what I want. Full time. I hate. I agree. Okay, I've I've been on record multiple times saying I hate the fact that they use this logo because they're not the original Jets. But if you're gonna have if, compared to this this current jersey set they have these ones are 10 times better 110 times better 100 percent. you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and it, i mean it's just you know you know the, and and by the way guys this is what shade and i do we get into discussions and then it just snowballs like, like here's the thing the, the jets that the jets came out with their gray reverse retro i was so disappointed because the i actually like it. Done i actually don't think I, it's that bad i hate it they should have done this one like because they have the dark blue one why not make a red one that's not a bad idea. Like, like literally, no, I, that's not a bad idea. Have red. I think it would have looked sick. It would have been different. Oh yeah. And I think my like I said this on Twitter on my personal account. I don't use it very often. Um, <laughs> you uh, used it. You used it on uh, on my Twitter uh, earlier. So yeah, that's true. But the Minnesota. My issue with the Minnesota Wild is it's your 20th anniversary. I remember you talking about this. You have instead of bringing back something from. You know the uh, Gabrick era, like your first couple of years, yeah. or even using the stylized them that you had on that like uh, word mark jersey. They're alternate mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, they bring back not just the North Stars colors; they put it on with their current logo, and it just looks yeah. Odd. Like it, it, it would have been like if the Jets did that to their reverse retro. Like yeah, it, just, I mean, it looks odd. I don't like it. I would I would say, and and I've brought this up on the devil's state of mind a couple times that look, it all depends on how much money the team actually wants to put into the Jersey. If they want to, if they want to go all out and do exactly what the fans are asking for, they have to spend a considerable amount of money. If they want to do something that they, that's like half and half, then they're going to like it all. Like when you, once you see the Jersey and it's revealed and everything, you then understand right away how much effort was put into it. Like, Let's take the LA Kings jersey, for example, right? Even though, like, was there a lot of effort put into it? No, because it was kind of obvious what they could do with it. But they put in the effort to make it look good and to make it make sense and, you know, reverse retro it. Same thing with the Devils one. It just, it makes sense. Like, what are you going to do with, you know, everybody was saying, oh, reverse retro, we're going to make it black and red. And it's like, well, that's not really retro. That's more of just reversing the jersey. And, I mean... The Devils are probably going to do that anyway at some point, but like they reversed the jersey, and this reverse retro one looks great. And I know most people say it's like, oh, it's one of the top five in the league because it's just been that good. And we saw Buffaloes on Thursday against the Devils. Can we that just say? Great. Can we just say the but fact it's a that like Buffalo? They brought back that logo because they screwed up. What was it like two years ago? Last year they had the anniversary of like their nineties yeah. team, and they didn't even have a jersey for it. Yeah, I don't get that, but because they okay, didn't have the money, because they were like, "Oh, we don't want to spend the money on it." Oh, give me a break, man! But can we talk about the fact that? Um, but I think it's only Buffalo and LA that took different jersey concepts and just switched out the entire colorway because. You know, the that jersey Buffalo had was originally black, red, and silver, or black, red, gray, and white. The LA jersey was black and silver, and they added their different color scheme to it. Which is why yeah. personally I think it's great because you're you're adding in a vintage look with a yep. twist of a color scheme. 
It's just like for both of them. Anaheim put more money into it. That's the thing. I, they put they put more effort into it. Yeah, and I mean I, Anaheim's is great. It's literally the perfect definition of a reverse retro. It I think the they've really now definition. done everything. I think they brought back now every jersey they've ever had. I think at this for point who? they now have the Anaheim. Uh, in some capacity, yes. Well, did they bring they back the? Have. Did they bring back that maroon one that they had that just said Anaheim on the front and then Mike? No, they haven't. They haven't. They haven't brought that one back. They also didn't bring back their practice jersey looking ones that they had in like the early two yeah. thousands. They haven't brought those ones back. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. But you know, I was a little bit disappointed because they just went with a, a black blasty. They didn't reverse retro anything. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton didn't. You know, they didn't really reverse retro anything. They just like. <laughs> There were some teams, but then you have you know, Vancouver didn't do as well. very much at all. They just like, like changed the color, they reversed the colors, and that was it. Yeah, Vancouver. Really? Vancouver is another team that old jersey, new color scheme from their current colors, which yeah. looks fantastic. Phillies is kind of a dud. Pittsburgh's is another one that looks really sharp. But, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh was like good. That, the the word mark is fantastic, but it's just like you can tell which teams plan on having these jerseys past this year. And which teams were only using it as like a one of, will only use it one year, and they'll be done. Detroit yeah. and and Toronto were definitely got like definitely teams that were like, hey, we'll wear this for a year and we'll move along. Right, right. I I mean, um, you know, one team that I think has done a good job, and and it actually, and Shane, you actually shared it with us on Slack on our group chat was the Black Lives Matter jersey that the Capitals um show. I think it was a practice. Was it a warm up jersey? It was a warm up jersey. That should be honestly, in all honesty, that should be like an actual jersey. Like I thought that was fantastic. It like, was, was well great. done, and for the, you know, it makes sense. You know, you're in the nation's capital, and all the crazy shit that has happened, it makes sense, and I like that. And you know, I love that what that the Capitals have been so have been so invested in that area. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all those issues, because obviously, playing in the nation's capital, it's important to them, and. It's, you know, I want to give credit to Adidas because I think that they've kind of pushed the envelope more than maybe Reebok did in some ways uh, with, with jerseys. Um, outdoor ones, uh, I mean, they obviously didn't do any this year because they kind of just did reverse retro in Lake Tahoe. But Which, I mean, it's fine because they look solid. They still look solid. And I mean, I thought the whole event was great, except, you know, Mother Nature, but it's fine. That's why you don't have outdoor games in the middle of the friggin' day. It doesn't make any sense. It never has. It uh, never will. I went to I went to the Devils Rangers one at Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, and we got there and it was bright and sunny. We actually like it was like a half hour delay because of the sun glare, which was hilarious because everybody was like, "When have we ever gone to a hockey game or any sporting event?" And it was like, "Oh, we gotta wait because it's too bright out." So See, we had and to then wait. Ottawa- it got cloudy. Ottawa was at seven o'clock at night and people complained it was cold, but there was no delay because it was seven o'clock at night. It right. was like minus 20 something at, like before wind chill. And it was great conditions for the ice. If you want to play in the day, wait till like four o'clock. Like that's what I would say. Like four o'clock, the sun's starting to kind of like set. It's not really, I mean, the problem was, is that when the first game between Colorado and uh, Vegas started was that Philip Grubauer, could not see because the sun was right in his face. And he was thinking about actually wearing like sunglasses while playing because he couldn't see where everything was. Like that was the problem. And I wish that they would have just, all they had to do 
was instead of where they position the ice rink, just flip it and make it point out towards the sea. And then you didn't have that problem. But I mean, they, I'm sure that they didn't think that through. And this was all thrown in at the last minute. Probably usually how it, it goes. I mean, Hey, you know, it was kind of cool without any fans. It kind of gave the NHL an opportunity to do some new things, but I don't think NBC is long for this world. Um, yeah. Especially after this year. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to ESPN see by the end of next, by the beginning of next season. I think, I think it's probably, what we're getting. but I think it kind of opens the door for yeah. these, you know, great backdrop games. Like the problem, like Otto wanted the game at, you know, uh, at uh, Parliament Hill, but there wasn't enough room for fans. But now if the league, if you're okay with not getting much revenue for these games, cause you're really not, we could have a game at, Parliament Hill. You could have games in these different venues where you don't need fans of like thousands of people to attend. You can yep. have these, you know, great backdrop games, and you're like, even if it's a neutral site game, you could. Do and you that. can have more of them then, and then you could have more because we talk about all the time. Like a lot of us. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I love outdoor games. Doesn't matter like who's playing in them, unless it's Chicago because they play in too many of them. You know, there's, yeah. there's, it, it's always exciting to see an outdoor game. Like I was excited before the season began when we were talking about like Minnesota playing in an outdoor game. Carolina was going to play in an outdoor game this year. You know, I was excited about that because it was new teams in in different places. Now you have an opportunity to play games where maybe you only have a certain amount of fans or maybe even no fans in really unique places. Like I would, I've been jokingly saying before that I would love them for for them to do an outdoor game in Alaska. Just and. Like, make it pond hockey style. Like, really, like, legit. Like, it's wide open. Like, it would be – I think it would be fun. I think people would actually enjoy it, especially even just watching it on TV. I think that they would be blown away by all of that. Yeah, I think that we're going to see a switch in outdoor games. I think they've been overused. I think it's kind of started to run its course if they're going to continually use the same teams. You know, Chicago playing in six. I think Boston, Philly. Chicago Pittsburgh. has – I don't think Chicago's won any single outdoor game they've ever played in. So I think they I won one. I think they were one in five. I, I don't even remember which one they won. I mean, they beat – they didn't They didn't beat the Bruins, I don't think. Uh, I think they were no. – I, I haven't – which time? Bro, did they I, play them twice? They See, played them, reason, they've played so many times that you have no idea. Many, right. No, like, I mean, like – they play them, and it's just like after a while, it's like a running joke within NHL like fan base. It's like, all right, we get it. We know why they're playing here, but at the same time, like, why haven't we had a Toronto Montreal one yet? Like, why have we not had that point? Because like that's legit. Why well, have Mont- we not? Like, why have we had a Montreal Boston one yet? Oh yeah, we have. We have. Yeah, a we had one at um where the Patriots play. Yeah, yeah, Gillette Stadium. We had that. But, like, why haven't we had a Colorado Detroit one? Why 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 don't we have cross conference? No, games? we did have no 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 we did have that one. Um we had it at uh the Rocky Stadium Stadium series. It wasn't Winter Classic, it was a stadium series game. But was it against Detroit? Yeah. It was Detroit. God, I'm pretty man. sure it was Detroit. See? This is the thing. There's so many that you have trouble getting <laughs> and, all kinds of other teams. In. Like like I've you know, I've talked to Frank, like from how, how, the, how? the Blue Jackets one. Can the Blue Jackets get an outdoor game? Like please, how, has, how did Vegas get a game before, you know, and it's like San Tahoe. Jose or and it, like this is the thing, like it's in Lake Tahoe. What are we doing here? Like, and here's the thing: if you wanted to have an outdoor game with Vegas playing a rival, play San Jose. I know the Sharks are not good. I get that, but that's been their biggest rival since they got into the league. 
and those teams don't like each other. And you have, no, really you could have a situation where like Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves for like the 3,000th time are fighting each other. Like, they, like to say Vegas versus Colorado, I mean, I know that's probably going to be a Western Conference final matchup probably. It's all about ratings, man. It's all about it's ratings. No, it just – it would, and, you know, the other thing is this. I'm going to be honest, like – I'm so like the problem with outdoor games also is that there's too many blowouts. Look at the Boston Philly game. And there was another thing. Lake Tahoe is on the <laughs> other side of the United States. You're worried about teams traveling like very far, and you just made two teams in the East travel across country to play in an outdoor game. Like, do you understand how hypocritical that is? Yeah, I mean, I, very I hypocritical. Thought, and the I game thought it was sucked. funny. The game sucked. I, just, I know had, I know uh, Pasternak had a hat trick. But it still sucked. Yeah, I thought it, it was funny good. when it was like, oh, we're going to put these guys out west. And I'm like, that makes no sense. That literally makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, like, I would rather they have put, like, I don't know, St. Louis versus, like, Chicago or something. Like, I would have rather St. Louis versus – Here's the thing. St. Louis versus Colorado <laughs> would have been fantastic. Vegas versus San Jose. Makes sense to me. And, I, and I've said before, like, you know, there's one place that I know would probably be literally impossible to do, but I've said it before, like, because I've seen them play basketball games on this thing. If we could make a hockey rink on an aircraft carrier, that would be sick. And, like, you're flying drones around it, and it's like, I, I feel like that would be, be sick. dangerous. It would, but if, I mean, if, but if you're on, like, if you're in the port, though, like, you're not in the middle of the ocean, you know, I feel like that would be okay, but... I don't know. I, I've like because of this, these two outdoor games in Lake Tahoe. I feel like the possibilities now are endless for like where we can play outdoor games. Yeah, like, I, mean, I feel like we can play see. them now anywhere. Play yeah, them in man. Hawaii. I don't give a crap. Go to Hawaii and play an outdoor game. Like, let's do it. Or just play a game in general in Hawaii. That'd or you can do that too. Or play play in Mexico. Why the hell not? I don't just like. You don't think people in Mexico would go see that game? I think damn well they would go watch that game. I mean, Especially, hey, they probably would. I mean, it's I, I mean, I you know, there's there's possibly like I've thought about like different areas, like can you imagine if we could build a rink that was next to like Niagara Falls and just play like next to Niagara Falls? The amount of like amazement that would be. I mean, you'd probably have to play Buffalo, but still, I mean it's like like that was another like that was another outdoor game I went to. I went to see the Sabres play the Rangers at City Field. And I remember sitting there and I'm thinking to myself for a minute, I was like, you know, how does this make literally any sense? Like Buffalo and the Rangers are not really rivals. This game is being played at City Field. Home is of the that yeah. And that was the winter classic as well. And it was like, oh, we're hyping up the New York area. I'm like, but you already did this. You did this like four years earlier. With the Devils versus the Rangers, and then you decided to only have the Rangers play the Islanders and not also have the Islanders play the Devils. Like, I didn't get that. It, like, they, there's little things like that that just – they want to say that, oh, it's a money thing, but it's just because they don't want to. It's not yeah, – like, it's I, they just don't I, want to. I don't get it. Honestly, when it comes to these outdoor games, they just really bug me. Yeah. Because it's always the same teams. And – like how many how many jerseys can Chicago make for an outdoor game? How many jerseys can Detroit make for an outdoor game or Toronto or Montreal or Boston? Like yeah. give me a Hartford Whalers Carolina outdoor game. Give me like a blue Hartford Whalers jersey versus some like 
Colorado, or I don't know, give me a San Jose, Seattle, forget, or not Seattle, uh, California <laughs> Seals jersey. Yeah. Oh, you wanna, like, like, and like, you got to get, like, if you're going to do, if you're going to do the, uh, if you're going to do that, t- the California Golden Seals, you got to get the white skates as well. Yeah. You, you got to get the white like skates. Like a, a Kansas City Scout, get new, get new Jersey for St. Louis, but have New Jersey wear Kansas City Scout uh, jersey. Fans have asked about that. They've said, like, I think we need to start doing, like, like Kansas City Scout uniforms. And I was like, that's not bad. And I was like, what about Rockies? And it said, well, I mean, Colorado kind of already did that. They kind of did it on they their own. They took the logo, yeah. They took the logo, so it kind of would be like – like, but Kansas City would be fun. And playing a game in Kansas City I think would be kind of an interesting, interesting place just because it's like we've never done it before. I mean, we've gone to St. Louis – but we've never done it. Yo, imagine an outdoor game of the uh, New Jersey Devils as the Kansas City Scouts versus the St. Louis Eagles. Just so do it. Like, so the Blues would be the Eagles, right? So yeah. I understand it? All right. Because that was the original hockey City. team. Yeah. And it would be playing Kansas City. I think, you know what would be funny? I would love, and people are going to laugh, but I would love for the Jets – to come to Atlanta, be the Thrashers, and First, play like the Flames. Play the Flames, yeah. Play the As Flames. The, yo, battle that would Atlanta. be so sick. The Atlanta Thrashers <laughs> versus the Atlanta Flames. Atlanta Flames. I would die to see it. I would bro, I love so much to see bro, that. The amount of like, you know, I think there's like there's a big Twitter account, like literally where this guy like acts like he's the Atlanta Thrashers, like it's official the old, account. The, well, it's the old. It's the guy who used to run the. The Thrasher's account. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. That's actually pretty, I'm pretty cool. sure. That's yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I'm pretty sure he's the guy that used to run it. But yeah, like that's the whole thing. Like the Battle of Atlanta. I feel like people would eat that up. Like I feel like people would actually like they would go see that. Like they would be like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go see them. Like, yo, people love the Thrashers. They don't exist, and people still love them. <laughs> yeah, like, have, have the Jets wear a Thrashers? Like, like with that friggin' uh, that baby blue. Thrasher's jersey that they yeah. originally had, and then have the Calgary Flames wear was, like their current jersey, but instead of the flaming C, it's the flaming A. It has an A. Oh yeah. man, it I would, would, it love would make sense. It. You know, you know who hasn't had an outdoor game that I'm surprised with at this point is Arizona. Like, I know Arizona's obviously not like a very, you know, popular franchise, but you know, you're talking about like expanding the sport, especially in areas like that. Having an outdoor game there, I feel like would be a really good test because, like, you know, the weather there a lot of the time is 90 plus, even in the hundreds. I mean, hell, I went to Phoenix in the summer uh, a couple years ago and it was like 110. And I was like, can you imagine trying to play a hockey game just outdoors in 110 you know degree weather? Has, so this is okay. So this one's a little bit frustrating for, for me because Ottawa's first outdoor game was against, Cal- was against Vancouver. Inside a closed dome stadium in Vancouver, I don't know how it can be an outdoor game. Trying to, try to, oh, I do remember that. I think it was like, what, 2014, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Heritage Classic. It was in right. DC Place, which is a closed dome stadium. Like right. I just right, I, I can't, I can't with it. Like it makes no sense. How is it an outdoor game? But you're inside. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like. Again, like I think because of what happened at Lake Tahoe, it opened the door for the NHL to be like, well, if we could play it on a lake, like, well, not on the lake, but like next to it, we can literally do anything. 
I'm like, honestly we we kind of disappointed that they didn't just put it on the lake. <laughs> I don't know how they would have done that, though. I don't know how they would have. I mean, well, I was just, I I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't frozen. Because, okay, I'm not actually like state's geography I, makes no sense to me. I don't really care for it. So, like, <laughs> I, when, I, when I think, okay, in Ottawa or in Canada, when you think lake, most of our lakes during the winter are frozen and you can play hockey on them. So, well, when they're like, I oh, mean, we're going to play at Lake Tahoe, I'm like, oh, they're actually going to go onto a lake and play. No, nope. they're not just going to use a backdrop. I'm like, oh, that's that's Bush League. I was disappointed, honestly, because I was like, <laughs> that's why I said Alaska. That's why I literally was like, like Mission Alaska. You know what I mean? Like, like, like let's go to Alaska. It's frozen ninety. Hell, go to Antarctica and just really be nuts. Like, just go absolutely eight. Like, go nuts. Like, Yo, you know what's funny? Go to Lake Placid and play on one of the outdoor rinks that they have there. Go do that. That's genius. You know, you know what's really funny is that. Uh, I don't know if they did this in the States, but up here, I think it was Budweiser or Molson Canadian, one of these beer companies, when they were bringing out the, um, their, the, their gold lights and whatnot, they actually built a hockey rink on top of a skyscraper that wow. you were able to win and go play on if you got – like if there was a code inside the, the pack of beer where you would enter it and if you won, you had a chance to go play on this rink on a skyscraper wow. in Toronto. Yeah, no, nobody like in the United States, we probably wouldn't do that because um, we're we probably have too many people who'd want to sue. Um, but who knows? Uh, that that's actually pretty. That's pretty. You know, we would do it. I guess the equivalent would be like playing a football or basketball game on a skyscraper. Like I think that would be the equivalent. Like we would do that. Like we would we would play a basketball game. I mean, we, hell, we played basketball games on an aircraft carrier. So I mean, you know, we, we kind of, which I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it was okay. I mean, it was cool because it's weird. Because, <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, anything on an aircraft carrier is is kind of weird. It just well, it just looks weird. Like when the camera's like going back and forth, and you're just seeing like, oh wait, like there's no fans because obviously they can't put anybody anywhere. But it was just like, it's weird like that. But I mean, again. Outdoor games, like, I feel like now the possibilities are endless. I feel like we have, like, so many opportunities to do so many different things. Like, I don't know, like, what the – because I, I can see in the background here there's – what is this, a lake, river? Sorry, I can't tell. Oh, yeah, it's the Rideau Canal. Why don't so you, it, like, is that frozen? So, can that freeze in the winter? Yeah. You Okay, you've played Chow, right? You've played, played Chow yeah. the last two years. The canal I played, that they I have. Played, I played NHL 20, not 21. Okay, but you played twenty. You've played online, right? Uh, no, I don't play with online people. They freak me out. <laughs> okay. I watch. I will watch. Cause I, I will watch other people play online and laugh, <laughs> but I will not personally go online and play like a ten-year-old that takes it way too seriously. Fair. And um, like and like ha- and found the and found the one shot from the far right corner that not every single time you shoot it, it just goes in like the glitch in the game. I don't play people like that. <laughs> Screw that. That's fair. Ultimate team, is a, Ultimate team is a joke. That's, there, that's, I said it. That's for sure. <laughs> but in the game, like there's, if you play um, drop-ins or one, uh, 1v1s or whatever, it's outdoors. one of, the, one of the, the levels that or one of the areas you play is on the canal. So it freezes. Why do I feel like I know that? Why do I feel like? Because I remember it was hyped up. Because it twenty, because it came out in twenty, and it was hyped up. People were like, "This is fantastic! This is great! This is cool!" So you bait. So uh, our bait, or our more popular mall, the Rito, uh, the Rito Center, is literally adjacent to the Rito Canal, and it freezes 
during the the winter and you can skate from basically one end of it down to another end and it takes you down the the core of downtown ottawa that's great it's that it's that solid huh on a good year yeah obviously this year was shut down relatively early but yeah it takes you from like just outside of downtown to the downtown core yeah and it's like a good skate like it's actually like a really good skate going from end to end that is cool and and people do it all the time yeah i mean that's i mean like i would just like um what i love about just outdoor games in general just playing outdoors that it just brings the game back to its roots and brings back where it started and and you really get to understand like there is nothing like it like you go outside on a cold winter's day and you're skating around on a pond or whatever like you feel alive, like you really appreciate like mother nature and you appreciate like the world itself just because it's just an ungodly feeling. Like you have to experience it to understand it. Like you can't just go to a local rink and skate around and feel like, you know what it's like. I'm talking like you go to a pond or a lake and you skate around on a, like, even like on a gorgeous like day with like no, with no clouds in the sky and sun, like, it's just a crazy experience to be to be part of, and that's that's what outdoor games mean to me. Like they just like it's it's so cool. Like it's just so cool to be a part of, no matter where you're playing. Yeah, um, and funny fact about the Rideau Canal uh, in 1905, the Stanley Cup actually was lost. It, like it, it froze on the Rideau Canal. Um, after the Ottawa Silver Seven won it, the Silver Seven. Dro- it just. It, Someone drop kicked it into the Rideau Canal. I remember, you know, I remember watching this. I think CBC made like a hockey history documentary. I think it was like a 10. I think you could see, I think you can go on YouTube and watch it. It's like hockey, a people's history or something like that. It's like 10 part, 12 part series. And I think I remember hearing about that. Like they just drop kicked it into the, into the canal. And that was just like, yep. That seems about and it right. Wasn't, and it wasn't recovered until the next day. They literally went about their business for an entire day. They partied on, and they went back and rescued it the next day. And it was, and that was probably before it got like really big. It was probably like this. Oh, big. it was literally just the bowl. Like it was literally yeah, just the just top the bowl. bowl. Right, right. I mean, that's um, that's hockey. That's that's hilarious. that's hockey life. That's the that's the hockey lifestyle, my friend. Like that's what people do. Yeah, it, before the Stanley the, Cup was part of the NHL. The Stanley Cup has seen some has seen some shit in its day. Like there's there's no question about it. There's a reason why they made a replica of it. <laughs> <laughs> they had to. They had no choice. They yeah. had no choice. Like and that's the funny thing. Like when people, when you see somebody lift the cup, I'm I'm pretty sure that's not the real one. Is it though? Is it the real that, one? I think that one is the real one. Uh, the one the, that they travel with is the fake one. It's like the right. replica. So when so when that day is over, they. I guess they, they swap just, it out. They swap it out. And like, From nobody my seems to give, yeah. And, and you know, the thing about it, like the Stanley Cup that people like, cause I know people who are other, like who are sports fans of other sports, like baseball, basketball, and everybody talks about like, what's the hardest trophy to win. Some people say, Oh, it's the world cup. You know? And I'm like, okay, I can see, I can see what you're talking. I can see why, but like you look at the Stanley Cup, you have to win four playoff series. You have to win four games in the series and you have to you have to win 16 games just to win it all and you're playing 82 games and you're playing a fast sport where the chances of you getting severely hurt is much higher than some other sports and it's 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 a grueling thing because you're playing from late september 
to mid-June. Like that's a long time to be playing to be playing a sport, you know, especially if you're if you play the whole year and you end up winning the Stanley Cup. And that's why if you go all the way to do that and you don't win the cup, it just hurts that much because you you went through that whole journey just to come out empty handed. So I yeah, mean that's I mean I think it's different for people up, up like up in Canada because we have the Memorial Cup. Like our junior cup, like junior championship is probably the hardest, like harder to win because if you're lucky, you have five chances at it. If you're lucky. Some people have as little as one and some have as like many as three. So mm-hmm. you as much as the Stanley Cup is is hard, is hard to win, like it is, you have you have like a 68 game season. Uh, you have four rounds of seven playoffs and then you have a round robin tournament. So yeah. you not only have to do, not only do you have to, you know, make the playoffs, you have to win 16 games and you have to go you have to play, win your league, right? Yeah. You have to win your league and then you have to go play uh, three other teams across Canada to win the Memorial Cup. So the leagues are what? The OHL, the QMJHL, the and WHL, the, what I'm missing. That's it. So the way it works so is two that the teams. Host, so one. so yeah, there's a host there's a host team. So uh, I think this year it was supposed to be like uh, Mississauga or Sault Ste. Marie. Um so they would have automatically been a lot they would have automatically been advanced to it. It's kind okay. of a reward. no matter how bad they finish they will be part of the Memorial Cup. Right, because they're uh, the host city. Got yeah, it. Right. so and then it's the league winners from each team. And it's funny because a couple of years ago, um, Renan, Renanda uh, out in the Quebec Major Junior League was, I believe, the host – or Halifax was the host city. Right. And they played in the Q's final against Rwanda. So no matter what the outcome of that series was, both teams were going to the Memorial Cup. Okay. I think no, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. It's like, and I know how serious that Memorial Cup could be. Like I've heard things where, like, once it's like the the beginning of the Memorial Cup, like a lot of things like shut down. Like it's literally the thing that people watch from like start to finish. And you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's also like, um, you know, I, I don't know what to like describe. I guess I would say like the Memorial Cup, like what I would compare it to is like what we have here in the States with like March Madness. It's like the same type of thing in a way. Cause again, yeah. like it's the same type of tournament. Like, first of all, in many cases you have to, you only have like, if you're in a smaller conference, like a, like the NEC or like if you're an Ivy league school, you'll literally like, even if you like, you literally have one shot. Like you'd have to win your conference because even if you had like a great season, but you finished second in the Ivy League, you might get passed over by fifty other teams because of where you are, and you might not make the tournament, or you might end up making the NIT as opposed to playing in a national tournament. And then it's like that whole grind because then you get to the Final Four, like you, you know, like in the Memorial Cup, and then you get to that. So I guess I would say that's the equivalent of it, but. I'm sure the intensity is a lot different. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things where I don't really see. There's not really an a, equivalent to the Memorial Cup because it's also one of the oldest trophies too. Like it, it also kind of dates the the Stanley Cup and whatnot. And and it's no like no offense to the NCAA and whatnot. Like those are intense tournaments. You have to play yeah. your season, then you have to go on this. You know what? Five round gruel. There's four round rule 
So yeah, it's one game single elimination, but that's different than, you know, that has its own pressure. You know, you can't, you have to give 110% every game. You have to be on point right then and there. So you have to be on point right away. Yeah. So it's a little bit, it's different a hundred percent, but I think when it comes to a sports like grind, you're playing 68 games. Like it, it's honestly probably you're this hard. a lot more games in a much more physical sport than basketball. Yeah. And you're also playing back to back to back. Like you're, you're generally playing three games and three nights in the, in the, in the junior league. Right. And it's generally against three different teams. Very right. rarely will you play three days against two teams. It's usually mm-hmm. three and three or three and four against three different teams. Right. Right. So it's just one of those things where like yeah. hockey is just a more grueling sport, unfortunately, than any other sport right. when it comes to the non-professional levels. And nobody and no hockey fan is saying that to stick out their chest. We're saying it because it's a fact. It's not even like when you compare it to other sports, like the gruelingness, like the only thing that could come close when it comes to like longevity is maybe baseball. Cause you're playing 162 games, but then you're all, all you have to do is win three games in the first round, four in the second, and then four and then four in the third. And, and that's it. Like that's yeah. the whole, and this year was different. Cause it was like one game, three games, I think like another four games and then four games, but still it was like, you know, you do have days where like players are resting. In in hockey, the only players that usually get like a, a mandatory rest are like goalies. Other than yeah. that, like some guys are playing. I mean, we've we've talked about Ironman streaks, right? Like we've had guys who have played like what five hundred games in a row. Some yeah, like, like Keith Yandel is, playing like seven hundred. Yeah, what is Keith Yandel's streak now? I think he's at like seven sixty some. I think he's pushing eight hundred. That's nearly like think about that. Like he's nearly played eight hundred in a row, and he's probably had to deal with so many injuries in his career. Like, yeah. like it's crazy. And to think about it, the amount of players who've played a thousand games in the NHL, like, yeah. and obviously, Zajac. Well, I mean, yeah. Zajac just got to a thousand recently. But you know, he would have been there sooner if you know there was not like he like to let's let's be fair to Zajac. No lockout. You know, he had a lockout season. He would have he would have gotten to a thousand last year because we he was only like he was only like eleven games away when when the season was put on pause so he wasn't that far off or yeah, seven like, actually I think it was seven I think it was actually I can't fully remember what what it was but he was pretty close yeah, he was pretty close it's just like and, and realistically yeah you have a lockout you have a shortened season in there you have last season and the the start of this year being canceled like. Uh, look, and at then, Crosby. look at look at Sidney Crosby. Like he had two and a half years where he just wasn't healthy. Like he, yeah, was he had the concussion. concussions, and he still got to a thousand games. I, you know what's surprising? You know what really it surprising? took a longer time to get there, but still. Do you know what's really surprising though? Ottawa has more a thousand. This this names. comment right here is surprising to me. I would say that. <laughs> yeah, the comment is surprising. <laughs> um, you have a thousand. Like Ottawa has three thousand game players in a Sens uniform. Pittsburgh, out of everyone they've had, only has Crosby. And yes, they're on pace. They'll finish with Malkin should get there next year, and then Latang should get there. We'll get there within the next year and a half. So there'll be more guys to to make that mark. But it's just like a thousand games, especially with one club, is ridiculously impressive. And you don't see it. You don't see it in baseball. You don't see it with basketball. You don't see it with NFL, obviously, because they only play sixteen games. Yeah. But the NHL is the only where you see guys hitting a thousand games with one club, and that's even team. hard to do. I mean, look, we all know that Mario Lemieux probably would have reached it had he 
been able to be fully healthy for you oh, know, didn't have cancer and didn't have other injuries that he was dealing with, especially with his back. Like he would have reached it. Um, you know, I don't, you know, Wayne Gretzky would have reached it had he not been traded from Edmonton to Los Angeles. He would have, he would have reached it. Um, Mark Messier, probably same thing. Um, you know, the thing about like Zajac is that it just shows you like when somebody gets to a thousand with one team, clearly what it tells you is that they're doing something right. Like they're, they're, they're a, they're staying healthy. B, they're being productive enough where they can have longevity and C, they just, they just have a lot of value to a team, both not only on the ice, but off. And even though Zajac is not a massive point getter at this point in his career, he's still valuable in the locker room. He's valuable on the face-off circle. Like, he's valuable still in many different ways. And that is a big reason why the Devils have kept him around as long as they've kept him around and why he was able to get to 1,000 games with the Devils. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a feat that should be looked at as like, oh, pish posh. Like, it's not It's not an easy feat to do in anything. Like, even reaching 1,000 I mean, games. Hell, even – I don't think Marty did – I mean, I don't think – I think Marty – did he reach a thousand games? I, he no, probably, I don't think I any goalie know. has. I don't think any goalie has reached a thousand well, games. Mar- Marty had nearly eight hundred wins, so he's probably pushing it, or he was pretty oh, I'm gonna close. I'm checking on it. I'm checking on it. But he, I mean, unless he got to a thousand games before he went to St. Louis, I mean, he didn't finish his career with the Devils. Which I mean, Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens. He didn't play his entire career with the Devils. Ken Danico, Ken Danico did. He played a thousand games with the Devils. Yeah, that uh, you know, Scott didn't. Um, yeah, I say there, uh, there's have, one, uh, Gomez and Gianta. I think I don't know about Eliash. I think I Eliash, pretty I sure he played. He his, did. Pretty sure Eliash played he, his entire career in, in New Jersey. He played his entire career with the Devils, but I don't know if he reached a thousand games. I, That's the thing. Somebody, I want to. I want to say he did. This is my best friend. All right, but like he played, yeah, he did. No, Elias reached a thousand games. He played in one thousand two hundred forty, all of them with the Devils. So yeah, like, no I, but I knew like, but still, like you think about it, like Ken Danico. I don't know how he's not a Hall of Famer at this point, but he's. I mean, I, I, should be Patrick Elias. Kind of the same thing, and then you have Zajac, and you know, I'm not saying Travis Zajac's a Hall of Famer here, ladies and gentlemen, but still. For him, like, I don't know if Devils fans would agree with me, but I've said this. Like, Sergey Breland, who won three Stanley Cups with the Devils and was one of the most important pieces, or, you know, a handful of the many that we had, he should have his number retired. I know that's not a total, like, a total, like, agreeing thing, but I think his number should be turned. And I think maybe Zajac should be given a consideration, considering what he's done. I mean, I know he didn't win a cup. I know maybe if he won a cup, that would have been different. But for him to do the kind of things that he did for as long as he did with one team, I think should be recognized in that way. That's just that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, so Berder hit a thousand games. Uh he did uh let me see. Um he is one of three goalies. He hit one thousand two hundred and sixty-six games. Uh he started one thousand two hundred and fifty-one games. There you go. See, that's what, so, uh, see that means he's one of three goalies to hit a thousand games. Because he had seven, I believe he finished his career with seven hundred ninety-two career victories. So six hundred ninety-one. 
691, right. Yeah. So I knew that because he had that many wins, he had to have gotten close or was at a thousand games. So I knew he was, I knew it was, and I know, and look, that's even tougher when you think about it to play For that. A goalie? You're, yeah. You're not playing every day. You're not, you're like, even if you're the starter of the team, you're not playing every day. And especially but, for Marty later in his career, he wasn't playing every day. You know, we had other guys that were playing because of, you know, because obviously he was getting older, but still, you know, that's one of three goalies to ever do it. I mean, that's, that's yeah, pretty, who are the, the other two? And the thing, the other two are Roberto Luongo and Patrick Wall. And the thing is, though, is that he started Incredible. so many games. Like, he didn't, like, Wall started 100 and, uh, 1,003 games, but he played in 100, uh, 1,029. And Luongo started, you know, 1,014, but played in 1,044. So for Berdur, he he started like only he only came in to in relief fifteen times in his career. Yeah, that and is that ridiculous. Was, that was probably towards, and that was probably mostly when he was still young, when he was still like coming up in the in the in the league. But like the thing about it was that Marty, like in his prime, he was averaging like 65, 70 games a year a season. Like he was. This was before the trend of having two good number one goaltenders, like having a good goaltending tandem. This was back in the era where you had a dominant starting goaltender and a decent backup. You know, when we had the likes of like Chris Terreri and other guys like that backing up Marty, you know, that was kind of like, that was it. Like, that was the thing. Like, Marty had such incredible endurance to play had, 60 plus games a season. He had 10 straight seasons of 70 plus games played. That's just what he was like. That was just what it. That's just what it was like. That was just normal back then. And like he had one year where in 0809, that's the year he got hurt. Like I remember that he spent most of the year hurt. I believe that was one. I believe that's when we got introduced to Scott Clemenson. I believe. I I think so. Yeah. The following year, year he played 77 games. So like, because again, it was normal. Like a lot of younger fans will look at that and say. How the hell could somebody allow their goaltender to play that many games? Well, that was a that was normal back in the day. That was not a like. I bet if you go back to like when Mark Andre Fleury first played in the league, I bet you he played. He had like at least one or two seasons where he had like a ridiculous. Hell, use Henrik Lundqvist. I'm sure Lundqvist at some point in his career, especially early on, played a, a crap load of games one season where he just was. It was mainly him. You know what's crazy? He had only five seasons with New Jersey that he did not register a single point. I believe that. He finished his career with 45 points. Yeah. And he had, what, four goals? Something like that. He had four goals. Like, well, one of them was legit. Like, he shot it himself. The other three were, like, the other team knocked it into an empty net because they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. That was was it. He hit friggin', like... He played a thousand games as a goalie, which is hard to do. And he had 45 points as a goalie, which I mean, I'm sorry, but it like he had two goals and 45 is he had 47 points actually. 47, there you go. Yeah, he had two goals and 45 assists. 47. That's uh, crazy. Patrick Wall had 45. He had 45 assists, but no so- one else has come close. So that so add that to another list of why if you want to bring up the wall broder debate. I mean, look, I've brought it up before. If yeah. if the Devils win the cup in 2001, if they win game 6 at home, if the Gomez goal counted, which it should have, 
if they counted, the Devils win game six. Marty has four cups and Wah has Wah has three. And there literally would have been no discussion whatsoever. And I mean, I mean you add in the 24, 2012? 2012. Years? You know, 2012. Look, look at this. Like, game six. Devils win that game. There is no way they're not winning game seven at home. There's absolutely no way. Devils win that win that game, they're winning game seven. There's no question about it. And if they had done that, including 2001, that's five Stanley Cups. He's been in five and won three. That's five. He would have had five Stanley Cups. No, there literally would have been zero debate. Because, like, yeah, we could say the Dominic only... Hoss, Like, Dominic Hasek, like, we all can agree. Like, he could be number two. He He's certainly top three, like, all time. If Dominic Hasek was Canadian or American when he came into the league, there is a serious question. Like, there, there can be a serious debate on where he falls in, you know, the top three lists. Right. You know, he being a Czech Republic goaltender, he was kind of behind. He wasn't a starter until he was like 28. Basically, because yeah, he was he was uh, like he wasn't that good in Chicago when he first got there. And then they shipped him off to Buffalo. And that's when he got good. Yeah, he wasn't given a, an opportunity to kind of really show his skill in Chicago. And then he went to Buffalo and kind of stole the, the show. Yep. And you can you can make an argument. I think he ended up with what two cups, two with Detroit. Um, he won in 02 and he did win in 08. So yeah, yeah. That's two. and then so, you okay, you add in the no goal, you add in the no goal Dallas. Okay, there's three cups right there. You have you have a serious debate. I think that would have actually put him possibly number one. I mean, the, the thing was is that with Marty was just that he not only did he break records, he put them so far like ahead. That literally we cannot even conceive the thought that someone else is going to come and break any of them. There's like, no one. There's no one coming. Because look at the way the game is played nowadays. Like goaltenders are lucky if they play fifty games in a season. There is no way anyone is touching six ninety one. There is no way. You know, like the only guy, and everybody thought that like Henrik Lundqvist was going to be the closest, but he like the same thing. Like Flurry, Flurry is going to be Flurry. the closest. And I don't even. What is Flurry at? Like he's at four seventy five. He's at a hundred wins with he's Vegas. Literally, like over two hundred. Like he would have to play like another what ten seasons, maybe. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, he like he will he could fit Flurry depending on what happens. He will finish third in wins. He will pass Ed Belfour at four eighty four this season because uh, he's only nine wins away from that. He will pass. Roberto Luongo at 489 at some point next season. And there is a legitimate opportunity that he passes uh, Patrick Waugh's yeah. 551, yeah. Uh, depending on how long he continues to play. You know, It's possible. He it, has a hundred. He could do good. it. I mean, he has durability. That's the thing. He has durability nowadays. And that's, like, that's a big thing. And, like, Speaking of why, I remember like the people in Montreal were considering bringing him in as the head coach in the future, which I was, was like, funny. I was like, if you have you seen what he did in Colorado, I think you should take a hard pass because it's I not mean, like he, hey, he, got to, he got to the playoffs. He was in consideration for oh he he was the type of guy that would pull what what would he do like pull the goalie with like ten minutes left to go in the game like he was, he was just pulled like, the goalie yeah. with like okay no it wasn't ten it was like four. And I mean, but hey, still, it worked. It like it, no, but it worked. It did it, work. It did work because instead, okay, why would you handcuff yourself? You're staring a goal. 
what's the difference between pulling your goalie with four minutes left or two minutes left? I mean, it would be cool. Like you think, like it would be cool to see Patrick Wall like be the head coach of the Canadians, but with like the pressure, like he understands the pressure already because he was there as the goaltender. And we have to remember his last game in Montreal, like the last time he was associated with the Montreal Canadiens was not he good. Gave up seven goals and basically flipped off. Well, not really, but he gave the he gave like a celebratory, you know, celebration basically when he made an easy save. And what happened? Like two days later, he gets traded to Colorado. So, like, I know fans are not there right now, but, like, in the future, like, if he starts getting booed madly, like, do you think that, like, Waz is going to, like, stand there and just be, like, cool with it? Like, no, he's, no, probably, he's, gonna gonna and, like, give, he's probably going to turn around and give him the finger. He's probably just going to, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it would be a massive disaster unless he changes. Or, or, or it could be the perfect thing Montreal needs. I still think Kirk Muller should have been named the head coach. I still think they should have kept him. Yeah, what mean, he did. Look, I know that Mason said that like their power play wasn't doing really well and like things like that. But look at what Muller did in the bubble when Claude Julien had to leave. He rallied the troops and he got them going. Yeah, and I Kirk Muller has been in the game long enough where I think he deserves an opportunity. I think he honestly, if he's in the NHL, it's with Buffalo. <laughs> I could see I, okay look and maybe cuz like he was you know was originally drafted by the Devils um you know if we fire Elaine Nazardine, which I hope to god we do um it, the defense is terrible um bringing in Kurt Muller I don't think would necessarily be that bad of an idea um as an assistant but not make him in charge of the defense I would the thing is like we have Dave Rogalski who's an assistant and he kind of like does everything I would shift him to more of the defensive side and try a new tactic and move Kirk, like bring in Kirk Muller and make him more of the guy that helps um, Mark Recchi on the offensive side. Because Kirk Muller was well known as an offensive type of guy. Yeah. And, like, bring it, coming back to New Jersey, I think would be, would be great. And bringing in another veteran type of voice, I think would be beneficial for a very young team that the Devils have. Since yeah, we do I, have the youngest team in the National Hockey League. Do you ever thought Ottawa did? No, we do. We now have the 24 and a half, I believe. Oh, I guess so. We have some we have a couple of 30-year-olds that probably shift it. Well, you have Derek, you have Derek Stepan. He's only 30. He's not even our oldest player. <laughs> no, it's the, I'm pretty I sure Colbert's our like, oldest player. The whole player. Derek Stepan situation makes me sad. Like, Yo, I feel sad so bad for him. Just because like Ottawa's like, well, we feel bad that you're here, and you feel bad that you're here. Like we're both like we both feel you're bad hurt. that this situation is happening. And now you're hurt. And now he's hurt, and it's and like. But at least you got. At least you got. Um. Yeah. Uh, Stutzla. I keep saying his name wrong. Um, Stutzla. 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 You got him. Carlos the trade. Thank you very much, San Jose, for that. We will. Well, you want to talk about someone who's falling off? Hold on. You want to talk about someone who's falling off? Look at Eric Carlson. Just go. I figured it was going to happen. It's depressing. No, it's actually depressing. You can't. Hey, he's falling off. Do you really? Did you really expect Burns and Carlson to get along? On the like, not as like individuals. I think they get along great, but I mean, I think it's their that. I think, well, here's the thing: when when San Jose made that deal, it was another one of the um, it was one of one of the Wilson moves where it was just like, we're trying to win a cup. We are hoping that maybe Eric Carlson could finally be the thing that like gets us over the hump, right? He like the thing about it was that he was like. 
kind of a non-factor in the playoffs, except that one goal that shouldn't have been counted in game three in St. Okay, Louis. Yeah. You remember that one? Like the one that – The hand pass one? The yeah. hand pass. Like that shouldn't have counted. Like that wasn't Carlson's fault, obviously. He just knocked the puck in the net. He didn't hit it down. But still, like – But the thing is, is that what you expect? most of the time, but was such a non-factor. But what do you expect from a guy who is the guy in Ottawa? He was the guy in Ottawa. And now he's like one the of the second guys. guy in all. The funny thing is that like he wasn't even the second guy. He's the third guy because you still have Vlasic. But even on, but Vlasic's but Vlasic, on the right even side. Even at his age, Vlasic is a better defender, all around defenseman than oh, Eric Yeah, obviously. But you're going to say that it's, you have Burns and Carlson. You expect two puck dominant defensemen like them to, to work to like. That doesn't make it. You can't have That's it. That's why you see that, like when they play, they never play on the same line, same pairing together. It's but always Burns is going up with Vlasic, Carlson is with like Ferraro or somebody. But even like, then, you can't have something. it because they're so used to being the guy. And now they locked him up to a long-term deal, which once again puts San Jose into this whole thing of like, like this year with San Jose is now the beginning of the end. Like this is it. Like. This is it. That window, that like 25-year, I'm not kidding, like 25-year window where like you thought that they would get to the point is now shut. Oh, yeah. Last year proved it. Like, nope, we're screwed. Like, Couture's getting old. Hurdle's getting old. Like, I hate saying it. Like, this is weird to say. Tomas Hurdle's getting old. Hell, even Timo Meyer and Evander Kane are old. Like, yeah, they're all hitting. They're old, all like they're all older than twenty five. They're all hitting the thirty. They're the oldest team, I think. I think they're the oldest, and they keep bringing back Patrick Marlowe just so that he can get past um, Gordy Howe for the Gordie game. Howe, which he's going to probably do because not going to retire anytime soon. No, and but... it's like the, the they the the Sharks made a deal with Marlowe like four years ago that every offseason, every trade deadline, they might trade him. For literally nothing, and then in the off season they'll bring them back, and they'll do the same thing again. And they di- like they did it the last two seasons. Like they literally got to trade that line, and then they traded them. Like they traded them to Toronto, and that didn't do it. And they, that didn't, you know. And he ended up coming back to San Jose. They trade him to Pittsburgh, and he comes back to San Jose again. Like who's to say he might not get traded again to like Colorado, right? Like some random team, and just like. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I think San Jose, I think their window is closed now. I just like, I can't see them getting any. And Bob Bootner, you think like Bootner's gonna like do something? Like, I don't know. No, this, this team, this team's all all gone to to waste. It would, it would be funny though if you could get like uh, Gerard Gallant to like come to San Jose and just like totally screw it up. Like, just bring. Just bring the rivalry back, but just the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that the the a lot of things a, a discussion for a different episode. Um, yeah. We're over the hour marks. So we're going to be wrapping it up. Thank you, Neil, for coming on. We're going to have you on again. We'll probably talk on one of our podcasts in the near future. I don't think we um, talked Sens hockey this entire hour, by the way. No, I don't think so either. I don't it's think we talked about this at all. Between the Suns and the Devils, not really. It was probably like a 20 minute It wasn't thing. much to talk about. What was there to talk about? <laughs> Nothing. And this is what happens when we talk. We just get on these rambles of different that's, things. That's why, um, that's why Bayou is glad that he's not he's not here right now. Yeah, because he, he doesn't want to be stuck at any. I had, I had Bayou on the on the Devil's State of My Podcast a couple weeks ago, and he's like, bro, I'm just glad that I don't have to be the one editing this episode. I go, yeah, <laughs> I know. 
I said, don't, I said, don't worry. Well, like, like Shane, you gotta, you gotta bring myself and Bayou on one time and just oh, like, yeah, easily. Just, just recreate an episode. We'll just like, we'll make him like the pretend monitor and we'll just like, let's <laughs> go. Oh yeah. Bring actually, it. See, especially see, when we get to the Olympics next year, just like fucking go, man. Fuck the, Olympics. Fuck the Olympics. But again, discussion for another episode. <laughs> Fuck SodaPod, by the way. Fuck them for, so, for bringing that up originally. But anyways, oh, guys. Bro, they, they, wanted, they wanted all the smoke. They wanted, Oh, yeah. They're going to they have us on again smoke. at some point to do the same no, thing. No, like they're going to hit us up at some point. They're going to be like, oh, we, we, we have no ideas. Why don't you just come on and argue about the, the wild? Like they'll make us like argue about the wild. Oh yeah, like, it's gonna be hilarious. Well, I think Zach Parise is still good, and you'll be like, "You're you're absolutely full of crap." Yeah, basically. Like, uh, but thank you all for tuning in. Remember, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Sends uh, underscore hour. Uh, follow Neil at the NVP Show. If I remember, if I remember correctly, I'm not yep. actually looking at. it. I'm trying to do it. Yeah, my heart. Uh, you can, I mean, do you want me? I, I could just tell him if just that makes sense. Just skip the book this time. I don't have another all half right. hour on All me. right, uh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I mean, I do have a new book since the last time no, we spoke. But... No, I said no book. All right, fa- fair enough. All right, so you can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, on Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and you can follow the Devil State of Mind podcast on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on Twitter at Devil's State, and as well as on Facebook. There you go. And then, there you guys go. Remember myself, Shane underscore Ryan 97, and Derek at DLeo75. He will be back on our next episode. Uh, don't worry. This was just a minor ish, uh, minor scheduling ne- issue. Next episode, we're going to talk about fan-controlled football. Oh, the yeah. Next, that, the next oh, yeah. episode. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for tuning in. Stay safe. Remember, uh, uh, DraftKings and Customized Sports, you know, the, you know the, the deal, all that fun stuff. Same one as last week, ladies and gentlemen. Same one as last week. Oh, yeah. Always. Anyways, guys, we'll talk to you later. Stay safe. Sick and pain, sick and demon, you can cure our disease. Call the doctor, call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickness were despicable, and that's why we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes! Monday night match, Thornton was back. Yuki Moto yelling out, Joey to trap. Dropping every time, sends money line. Don't leave me hanging with the unanswered crime. God damn, look at daddy, he dancing with the deflection. Freddy looking, no, he's told her like he needs witness protection. Back